Hey listeners, we're back with the final installment of We NYC's fifth anniversary with a very special guest and one of my personal heroes, New York City's Small Business Service Commissioner, Jonelle Doris. As not only an entrepreneur himself, but the son of a rock star, the commissioner has seen the power of community and small businesses. He understands that entrepreneurship is the most viable and sustainable way to close the racial wealth gap, but we need the support of our community to help Black businesses grow. So I'm really honored to have him on our show today to chat about SBS and the great work they are doing over at We NYC and BNYC. Now I've said it before, but that when we were told to shelter in place at the beginning of the COVID pandemic, the city went on lockdown, but the city of New York and the folks like those at We NYC and SBS did not close down. They are true champions and advocates for small businesses. I'm so excited to have Commissioner Jonelle Doris with us today. So Commissioner Doris, welcome to our show and thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Gayla, for having me. Absolutely. Can you share a little bit about yourself that people wouldn't normally know in your origin story? Oh, yeah. So um, it's always a loaded question. I mean, folks ask that question, right? <laughs> like, what? Um, so you go no, anywhere I mean, with it. Yeah, you know, look, I'm a I'm an immigrant from a small South American country called Guyana. Um, I came here 32 years ago with my family, and um, you know, at, in the middle of the winter, <laughs> and introduced to America real fast, um, and then uh, you know, son of uh, these amazing immigrant uh, families who work their way up and through this great country's, you know, ideal of opportunity and um, learned so much from them. And then began, you know, my career uh, in business and um, in government. And, you know, really uh, took a lot of what they taught us about helping others and creating opportunities and advancing others' interest above your own as part of the cornerstone of who I am today. So yeah, I mean, a little bit about me is that, you know, family oriented, um, you know, equity and advancement for those who are less fortunate as the cornerstones of the work that I do and me as an individual. Um, and yeah, happy to to be here to talk a little bit about SBS and, and sort of part of that journey as also a small business owner. Wonderful. And I know that you have a, Masters in Divinity. How did that come about? Wow, we don't have enough time to talk about that one. Um, but let me say that my my dad and my mom are both ministers as well. Uh, they're social workers and worked for the city as public servants for some time. Dad is a professor also of social work, and um, you know both both ministers. And my wife also, dad. Um, was also a minister. And so we're both like they say PKs or preachers kids. Um, <laughs> and sort of like got, you know, the call to continue that tradition, but also the work of helping uh, people. I think that's, that's essentially what, um, you know, drove me to and her to go both of us to go and do studies um, 
in theology and um, you know humanitarian efforts that we've done um, across the world. Primarily, my wife, but working with her through that. Uh, living in, in Indonesia for half a year, doing some great work there, and and, and working with her. She's been in the Philippines, India, um, and so many other places, doing some fantastic work uh, to help people all across the world. Amazing, and I imagine it really influences you being a public servant as you are and have been for many years, both at the state level and now at the city level, one of the biggest metropolitan agencies across the country. Um, what are your days like as Small Business Services Commissioner, particularly during these times? Yeah, you know, it is, um, you know, every day you wake up, I wake up with uh, small businesses on my mind. Um, through you, you know, even in your sleep, you're thinking about, well, what can we do? What can we do to help move our small businesses forward? These are trying times we're in. These are very tough times, and uh, we want to make sure that whatever services we're providing um, really are meeting the needs of small businesses. Um, we are really addressing um, their concerns and uh, really helping them uh, to come out of this crisis that we're in, right? And so, you know, my days begin um, with, you know, conversations with my senior team um, uh, every single day, uh, just to orient our day to make sure, again, that we're doing what we need to do and um, always trying to find ways to actually connect with small businesses on the ground. Today, I'm, I'll be up in uh, the Bronx and uh, Upper Manhattan uh, talking to small businesses. Um, the other day, I was uh, yesterday or so, I was in Queens, uh, days before that, uh, you know, Brooklyn. And we'll continue to do that. So our days are set. Uh, to make sure that we do communicate with them and to talk with them about uh, all the resources we have. And then ultimately, uh, all the work that it takes to run an agency, an agency as complex as SBS, where, you know, we do work for small businesses, but we also uh, run the workforce uh, uh, programs for the city. And so high unemployment the city has now. So all of our programs we have uh, for unemployed New Yorkers training. Um, you know, skills, uh, resume writing skills, um, connecting them to jobs and opportunities uh, to make sure that folks have a shot at coming out of this crisis. Um, and so, yeah, doing that work and then, of course, engaging with the mayor and his senior staff on multiple issues uh, and advocates uh, and the public, really, uh, concerning everything small business. Yeah. And what do they say when you go into these neighborhoods in the Bronx and Queens and Upper Manhattan? What are business owners saying? What's the biggest need, would you say? Look, everyone is looking for a way to come back and come back stronger. You know, I, I, that's the simplest way as I can put it. Um, these small businesses are resilient. They're brilliant. Um, they have the tenacity. Uh, listen, you can't be an entrepreneur if you don't have a tenacious spirit uh, yeah. because you're going you're gonna to be, uh, you're going to hear more no's than you hear more, uh, more yeses. Um, and, and so, you know, we at SBS, our job is to listen to them, find ways to make sure that they can come back, that they can survive this crisis. Um, and we're hearing that from them, right? Like, tell us what we need to do. Show us how to get out of this, how to pivot during these times. Show us and tell us about innovative ways that we can restructure our business or change our model. You know, all those things uh, is what they're crying out for. And look, we've been answering them, right? Um, you know, just a quick note, you know, we set up a 
hotline for businesses back in June as we began the reopening process, you know, we've already helped 46,000 callers. Uh, if you can imagine that, like 46,000 callers have already called. And through our trainings and webinars, you know, 50,000 plus businesses have uh, engaged us um, and uh, gotten the support that they needed. But still, there's so much more uh, to be done. I mean, the order of magnitude with which you work and the numbers of businesses you work with is just awe-inspiring, right? When we think about the number of people here in the city and how many come through the different programs you guys have. It's, it's, it's really amazing. But what I love too is that you get to see them as individuals as well. And I find that really beautiful. Yeah. And maybe yeah. this comes back to your origin story of seeing people and their being yeah. of service. And you were a business owner too. What was your business? Oh yeah, Gail. So, uh, you know, I, let me just, on, on the fact of seeing people, you know, I, I always say there is a business, small business community. And a lot of times folks hear small business, but they don't hear the word community. And when uh, you think of community, you have to think about the lives of individuals, the dreams, the aspirations, the places that they're from. Uh, 50% of our small businesses are immigrant-born folks, um, like myself, who came to this country as an immigrant, um, you know, went in corporate America, worked in government, then started his own business, which was a consulting business, um, to help other businesses and nonprofits um, connect to opportunity. Um, And so it sort of aligns with what I'm doing now or what I was doing as the head of the MWBE office in the city, um, really to make sure that uh, folks are fulfilling their dreams. And so there is a human element. There is a, um, you know, a uh, requirement, I think, in this position to connect to the community aspect of what we do as small business. And so that's, that's the, you know, drive here um, for me, a couple from my own experience. I'll give you a quick example. So, you know, when I was a small business owner, um, I went to my bank, which at the time, I'm not going to say the name of the bank, but at the time I went to my bank, which I, I was the signature, I think, on three accounts in that bank for three separate organizations, including my own. So, and to the, with a lot of money and a lot of zeros. Yeah. Behind so it. you had a history and a relationship with the bank. History and relationship with the bank. Um, and the bank said that they, they cannot give me a business loan seeking my first business loan to really expand my business, to get an office in the city. I was, you know, I was growing, my business was growing and, and I have lots of clients. I had all the contracts had everything, all the high credit scores, everything that you needed. But for some reason I didn't fit a profile and you know, I was, I didn't get that loan, but I went to a CDFI um, Axion and, and through them I was able to get my first business loan. And the interesting thing about it, was that it was a high interest rate because obviously, um, you know, they needed to pay for the TA that I was technical assistance that I received and all the other things that they had to cover. So it's a bit of a higher interest rate. um, And the interest rates were higher at that time in general. But uh, when I came to the city and you think about how your life experiences influence your policymaking, 
one of the first things they did when as a the new city senior advisor and director of the mayor's office of MWBEs is that we had a contract finance loan fund. And that fund was to help small businesses, MWBEs, who won contracts with the city to actually get the money to actually perform the contracts, right? And so uh, I said, no, we're going to cap that at 3%. And by the way, at that time, it was that was um, revolutionary to some degree. I imagine, the yeah. The interest rate at 3% when it was 8 or 9 And so we would have to create a structure where we buy down the interest of every single uh, MWBE that applied that had a contract with us. But that came out of my own experience of, you know, being denied or and then getting a high interest loan that I literally paid back in a matter of months because it just it didn't make sense. It was cutting into my profit margins. And it just for me, it just didn't make sense uh, for as a business owner. So, um, you know, all that to say, like, you know, what we do, our policies, what we drive here. um, For me, it is personal. And going back to your, your top of your question. Uh, it is it is our lived experience that we're carrying out um, in our policy making. Yeah, it makes so much sense. And you know, I worry about that that experience you had is still the experience of people today. Absolutely. And I think about you know in these times of Black Lives Matter and racial equity and equality, and there's a lot of headlines around corporations and their financial commitments to the work. But I don't know, when you peel it back, right, and you sort of break it down, I'm, I'm worried that a lot of those dollars are not getting into the hands of the business owners that could really use those dollars. I feel like a lot yeah. of it might be sticking in sponsorships and marketing dollars, right, as opposed to real dollars in the hands of real business owners. Profound, profound statement. I think the, a perfect example of that is is uh, the PPP program. Um, I always say that if you take uh, money and throw it into a broken system, it, it will not give you the desired results that you're looking for if the system is already broken. And I think that's what a lot of what, um, unfortunately, what we're seeing, you know, we have broken structures, broken systems, systemic challenges that have been historically there for so long. And then we take money and throw money at that system and expect the system to produce a different result. That's not going to happen. You have to change the system. You have to change the structures. You have to re- in, reimagine uh, what it means to actually help a small business. You can't say give, you know, what happened with PPP, for instance, you know, initially, you know, no money was given to community development financial institutions, to CDFIs, to actually help the smallest of small businesses by the way, in the city, 65% of our small businesses are five employees or less. And so when you think about the majority of businesses being essentially micro businesses and having to compete in that program initially with the businesses who had 500 employees, then you see the disconnect. It's a huge disconnect. Yes. And so uh, you have to think again, even with all, and we applaud everyone that's you know, at least making this somewhat of a priority or making commitments, but we cannot use the same methodology to deliver these resources and systems, uh, uh, you know, the same systems that have left out all these businesses to begin with, to actually correct itself. You've got to go in and dismantle the whole structure. Um, And that's what I think needs to happen. 
Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And I love that some of the headlines of these big dollar commitments then would say, yes, and we're going to make mortgages and small business loans available to black and brown people. And I was kind of like, wait, did you not do that before? Like, should we be clapping for that now? Like, what are we really talking <laughs> about here? Like, it's crazy. Um, yeah. Tell me this. And and by the way, thank you for um, allowing me to serve and be on the Black Entrepreneurs NYC board. Um, it is an honor and a privilege, and it allows me to be of service. So thank you for that. Well, thank you for being on. It's fantastic. To no, have I, lo I love it. It, 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 it. It's my jam. I love it. Tell me this. The Black Entrepreneurs NYC report that was published just a couple of months ago. Do you think getting the data out and telling the story is going to help? Like, how how's it been received and how do we help tell the story now that we've got the data, that we've got the analysis? Well, look, I think um, what it did was highlight the known disparities, but it also uh, really made it clear um, in in very scientific way almost um, mm. that is irrefutable at this moment. I mean, I think if you look at the racial wealth gap, 288 years for Black Americans to get uh, where white Americans are today, you think about what that actually means. Um, when you think about, um, you know, even home ownership, which was a model for um, addressing the racial wealth gap, which, as you know, during the crisis, uh, mortgages and um, you know uh, predatory lending dismantled whole uh, communities, and yeah. um, the you know not leveraging uh, the worth and um, of their homes uh, to really help them with their uh, their wealth that was all gone. That, that, that so so you know that concept of home ownership was great, and I'm a homeowner. I'm grateful for it. Uh, but a lot of our black and brown communities got um, really uh, you know uh, taken out, I guess, to dry with 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 that sort of model, yes. and that's why I pushed this concept and hypothesis that entrepreneurship is probably the most important and most viable, I think, a way to address the racial wealth gap. And that's what BNYC is all about. It's about encouraging uh, entrepreneurs to engage in the process, um, let them know that they have the resources, let them know that we're going to be there with them every step of the way. And we explicitly say Black entrepreneurs. And I think there is no other program in the entire country that explicitly calls out at this level black entrepreneurs and set aside finances and opportunity and uh, space. And we have an accelerator that's coming. Uh, we have huge sponsors uh, who are partnering with us in this effort um, to really ring true that everybody needs an opportunity. And it doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. Um, you know, everybody needs this opportunity to actually fulfill their dreams. Who was the first company or person that called you or raised their hand and said they're with you and they're going to help you in that vision and in that work? 
Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I, I know, I mean, there, we have three um, big partners with us now. Uh, we've got MasterCard, as you know, just helping us with the digital uh, divide, which is tremendous in our communities of color. And in the time of COVID, it's even more so, uh, you know, important that uh, our small businesses, and particularly in black and brown communities, have access to online services and uh, digital storefronts, et cetera. So MasterCard has been very helpful. Um, Ernst & Young, I think, is also uh, been fantastic, literally offering up thousands of hours of free consultation. Now, I don't know about you, but you know, Ernst & Young is one of the premier uh, yes. you know, consultant firms in the world. Yeah, and they are, I mean, they are not cheap in the sense of like, you know, you get, you pay, you pay uh, no, quite a bit and we're, world they're offering class those service. world-class I mean. services offering for free for us. Matter of fact, with, you know, they estimate the package that we have for, from them is, is, is worth about $10,000 per business because we have a multiple layers of packages with them. And then really Goldman Sachs. And I, I, I have to say that, you know, Goldman Sachs has been a partner with us in several, and SBS and several of our initiatives, but really coming to the table to help us to uh, support staffing and other uh, types of things with grant dollars, but also connecting on programmatic things. Look, all these are great companies. I've worked also in the MWBE program with TD Bank and, and, and Bank of America. And, you know, look, er, I think everyone, an amalgamated bank, all looking to help and be of assistance. Um, but you know what rings true to me is really that small business that is going to benefit from something like this, right? When you walk out on the street and they ask the question, how can you help me? And I say, here's a program that we've set up just for you. And the joy that comes to their face, that one gets you recognizing them by calling out the fact that they're black entrepreneurs and they have a seat at the table and that they're welcomed at the table, um, it is just fantastic. And you see the spark in their eyes. 1,500 businesses have been on with us on this journey from the launch of last September to now. Um, and we're so excited that we're growing that number uh, every single day. That's so awe-inspiring. And we're going to make sure that we have information on our website that links back to yours so that people know about these programs. And I love that those organizations like Ernst & Young and Goldman and MasterCard have really stepped up, as have others, but that, that just shows the level of commitment that people are taking in these times, which is amazing. And you also could agree that we NYC is another amazing program. <laughs> I, I don't want to make you have favorites, but I think they're probably in the top five of your favorites. Would I be wrong oh, in saying man. that? I think that, you know, even a little bit more than that, um, I love this program. Um, and I love it because this program reminds me of, of like my own experience and seeing, and I, I you know, I, I know it's not supposed to get, sentimental here, but seeing my mom uh, as an entrepreneur who didn't have any help, who nobody, you know, told her what to do with this talent that she had. Um, she was the Avon lady. <laughs> she was the home interior lady. She was the Amway lady. And working full-time as a social worker 
working in uh, also domestic violence uh, shelters and doing all this and still creating this network of um, customers and their loyalty to her and recruited me and my brother as uh, <laughs> her um, her uh, workers. I don't think he got paid. <laughs> Child labor. <laughs> Child you, brought labor. Up a, uh, you brought up a name I haven't heard in ages, Amway. Amway. My parents used to sell Amway. I think we probably still have some soap in my father's house, <laughs> right? Because you get these like big boxes of detergent yeah. and soap. I, like, I, didn't even, I didn't know any other names. I was like, what's Tide? What's Clorox? Exactly. <laughs> I just knew totally. Amway. And she had her customers and they were loyal. And she, and you know what, with, with that effort, um, you know, we were able as a family to purchase our first home. Um, just about eight years or so uh, of coming to this country. Within so eight when, years. When, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, or Yeah, a little, wow. um, yeah, around that. Um, so if you think about, when you think about what it actually means, um, you know, it, to me, we NYC is is what I saw in my home. I, I But, you know, we didn't have a we NYC back then, right? And so I, you know, there's so many uh, women and particularly women of color who, have to start their own business or do something on on the side, quote unquote, uh, because one, they're not being uh, given the opportunity in their own marketplace, right, to advance. They're being stemmy. They're told that you cannot um, advance if you're going, you know, they're stuck professionally. And so they have to create, come up with different ways to uh, really, um, you know, support their families. Um, and also those who do have opportunity. That's why, Gail, I love what you do as your business. Um, those who have great ideas, nobody is really investing in them, right? Nobody is really taking the time to say, I, I, I really think that you're doing a great job. Black women in particular uh, has added more jobs to this economy uh, than any other group. One of the fastest growing in the last decade, and no one has really taken the time to really say, we're going to invest significant dollars in this group of people who, who are adding jobs and innovation and creativity to our, uh, to our uh, you know, business and economy. And so WeNYC is one of the programs, of course, launched back in November 2015 uh, you know, by the First Lady, uh, Shalane McRae, and at the time, Deputy Mary Glenn, really to advance uh, women entrepreneurship in, in the city. Um, you know, they've got, you know, so many programs, but the ones I really like, I, I, can I say just a couple? So sure. the, the We Connect Mentors program, I think that is so, so important, connecting women entrepreneurs to women entrepreneurs. And, you know, at the time you need, you know, I think, um, you know, diversity needs to be, uh, you know, intentional and folks need and seen. And so when you see yourself, uh, you know what you can become. And that's what, uh, to me, We Connect Mentors. Um, also, the We Master Money Credit is something I like because Love as that. you know, uh, you know, you know, understanding, you know, how to improve your credit, what you need to do um, to get your business right through, uh, the, you know, uh, getting the, uh, financial counseling and those kinds of things, all, all critical components of, uh, you know, uh, running your business because credit yeah. is so, so, so important. Um, and then the We Master Leadership. Uh, look, you know, I believe in leadership and every business owner is a leader. And you need to hone your leadership skills um, and understand what it means to run a business 
but also what it means to promote your business. You are the chief promotion and marketing officer of your business as a small business. And, you know, we, we teach that uh, there anyway. And there's so many more that we venture, we grow, we go. I mean, there's so, there's a lot of we's. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it, it, it takes a lot of weeds to get this work done. And I love, I love that you mentioned the mentor one because I actually got an invite from your uh, agency to be a mentor and I need to follow up and say yes. And I haven't done that. So thank you for that reminder. Absolutely. Um, last, last question before you go and save the world and save New York City and you save and help all of us small businesses. How do we help you? Like as a listener, as a New Yorker, how do we help you and small business services and business owners? What's two things we can be doing to help? Well, uh, I would say number one, shop local, shop small. Uh, I would say to all those listening, um, support your small businesses. Uh, Go out, support them. Uh, those who are online, go purchase from them. Those who are not, uh, you know, find a way to do it, obviously, in a social distance manner and follow all the protocols. But uh, at this time, small businesses in the city, we need uh, to hear from uh, our communities. And if you support your community, you support your small business, please make sure you go and reach them, talk to them, let them know you're still there to support them and spend your dollars with them. I think that's just a critical time. And then lastly, for our small business owners, um, I want you to know that SBS, we're here for you. And as, as, as simple as that may sound, you know, we have uh, helped, you know, over a hundred thousand, uh, provided a hundred, over a hundred thousand services to small businesses already during this crisis, um, connected them to $113 million of uh, funding. Um, to help them advance their business. If you're out there and you need support and you need to understand what are the regulations, what are the requirements, you know, give us a call, 888-SBS-4NYC. Give us a call, please. Let us help you. You're not alone. I want to remind you, you're not alone. We're in this together. Uh, There are three principles that are driving what we do here at SBS. Number one is innovation. Got to be innovative and think creatively adaptability, teaching ourselves and our businesses how to pivot. What do we need to do to adapt to the new changing world we're in? And we've got the resources and tools. And then really, lastly, the one thing that I want to trumpet to everybody is around collaboration. We've got to do this together. And I want you to know you're not in this alone. We're here to help you. nyc.gov forward slash SBS or just call our hotline, and we're here to support you, 888-SBS-4NYC. Thanks, Kayla. Thank you. And I would just add that this is not your grandfather's SBS, right? This is not that 1970s institution feeling like you're in the waiting room at the DMV. Sorry, no shade to the Department of Motor Vehicles, but like you guys are hip and and like you said, innovative and modern. Absolutely. I saw one person on your team. Um, she sold her business. She had a tech company. She had a great exit. So when people think about like what kinds of companies you're working with, it runs the gamut. Absolutely. Um, well, look, I hope that's Deanna Franco you're talking about because she's a, a fantastic asset. By the way, who 
has ran and started our WeNYC program. Uh, she is she is someone who is leading that effort. So when you think about innovation, think about the entrepreneurial experience. When you think about um, impact, you know these are the people here at SBS who are actually driving it. The commissioner is a former small business owner. I mean, we understand, we know what it takes, uh, but more importantly, we get it. We get it. And so I think you know when you see the policies, when you see uh, you know our resources, when you see our programs. They're all coming from a place uh, of acknowledging and shared experiences with our small business community. And so that's why we're excited that, you know, we are seeing the resurgence. Um, you know, I, I saw a report recently last month, uh, 11,000 jobs added back to the hospitality uh, industry. We've got 10,700 businesses um, in our open restaurants program. We've got over 500 in the open storefronts program. And it keeps growing and growing. Why? Because we are placing the emphasis on where it needs to be. We're providing the tangible resources that businesses need. But most importantly, I'm going out again to Dykeman today to listen to businesses and to hear from them and let them sort of tell us what they need. And then we execute on that with the knowledge and experiences that we have. So thanks so much again, Gail. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, it takes entrepreneurs to build amazing entrepreneurial programs. And that's what Absolutely. you guys are doing. All right. Now, listen, before you leave, we've got our pop quiz. Uh-oh. So here we go. Classical, jazz, country and western, rock and roll, or R&B? Jazz. Nice. Basketball, baseball, American football, soccer, or golf? Ooh. <laughs> Well, it's between golf and basketball, but I'll say golf because in this stage of my life, I play more golf than I play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, I play golf too. We'll have to go it. for a game. Yes, let's do it. Yeah. My goal is to get to like every public course in New York. There are so many and they're fantastic. They Absolutely. are amazing. Just about all of them myself. Yep. Amazing. People want to go to these fancy country clubs, which, I, you know, listen, if you, anyone on the, listening invite me i will come but i love public golf courses yeah they're beautiful i love them i love them love them so cool all right barack or michelle mm. both <laughs> commissioner all right <laughs> i don't want to get in trouble here you know <laughs> i've got my own michelle at home i gotta go home so <laughs> there you go i love it okay the crown Law and Order, or The Masked Singer? I gotta go with The Masked Singer because my kids literally are obsessed with that thing and they make us watch it over and over again. So I've gotta go with The Masked Singer for my kids. <laughs> I love it, I love it. Beyonce or J-Lo? Beyonce. Puzzles, board games, or video games? I don't do video games, um, puzzles. Okay. I have a lot of jigsaw puzzles. I'll send you one. Oh, yeah. Last question. Michael Jordan or Magic Johnson? Ah, uh, yes. It's okay. They're not listening. They'll never know. You know, I want to be like Mike. I think everybody does that. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. I no, love I it. I think Michael, man. Michael, you know, everybody wants to be like I'm, Mike. I'm, I'm going to go with you. I want to be like Mike, too. I love it. He's an entrepreneur and a, an, yes. an investor. Both of them are. Both right? of them. Yeah, yeah. both of them. Uh, fantastic examples of entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs who help and give back to their community. That's right. All righty, my friend, my commissioner, my hero, my <laughs> North Star. Thank you so much for joining us on the special edition of We NYC and VCs Off the Record as we celebrate the fifth anniversary of We NYC. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And uh, thank you for doing this and promoting this amazing program for women entrepreneurs. Um, you know, backbone of our economy, backbone of our communities. Thank you so much. Thank you. We know it wouldn't have happened without your blessing. So thank you. Thank you for joining us today on this very special episode with NYC SBS Commissioner Jonelle Doris. Can I just say I am still fangirling out over here? I mean, the commissioner is the real deal, listeners. And I'm so excited to work alongside him and SBS and all the folks at WeNYC and BNYC. We'll be sharing some of his great tips as well as links to all of the wonderful resources that both SBS and WeNYC have to offer. So go to our website, www.walkstar.com and do check them out. And as a reminder, this series is in partnership with WeNYC, the official initiative of the City of New York, which supports women entrepreneurs, and with NYC Small Business Services. They're there to help you grow your business. And we're huge fans of both of them. And I'm so honored to be partnering and sitting on the advisory council for BNYC. And of course, WeNYC is my heart. So please check out SBS at nyc.gov backslash SBS and we.nyc for great resources and free programming for entrepreneurs. Now, just to recap a couple of things that we discussed today, be sure to check out We Connect. This is a powerful mentoring programming with lots of networking activities designed to promote the personal and professional development of you, the women entrepreneurs. And there's also We Master Money. It's a great way to learn how to improve your credit score and even more importantly, to learn all the financing options available for your business. Listen, I love venture capital. I love builder capital. I love equity, but there's so many other options for you. So please do check out We Master Money. And we can't forget We Master Leadership. These are workshops that are offering tools and tips to really help you with some of those critical skills that you need to run your business. How good your negotiating skills. I know I could always get better at that. And what about crafting a really good business pitch? Those are the things that you'll learn at We Master Leadership. So do check it out. And now one of my favorites is Black Entrepreneurs NYC. This is a groundbreaking model for a major U.S. city to create opportunity and advance Black entrepreneurship 
These guys are real trailblazers in this space. And I'm so excited about this and honored to be working alongside the commissioner to really grow black entrepreneurship in New York City. So do check it out, whether you're an ally or you're a black entrepreneur yourself. Their programming can be found at nyc.gov backslash B-E-N-Y-C. Or, and you'll love this, give them a call at 1-800-SBS-NYC exclamation point. I love it. They have a phone number. 1-800-SBS-NYC exclamation point. Listen, I'm going to let you all get back to your busy lives. And thanks again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe. I look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, stay fabulous.